0: This message title is Paul's Parting Words to the Church of Rome, which means that we come to an end to the study in the Book of Romans, which has taken taken several years and a lot of my time. And uh it's a great book, right? It really is. So um, I hope you have profited from the study. If you Ever have free time on your hands and you haven't uh, been around from the beginning, you can go back. All the messages are online and you can see what you've missed. So I begin with a warning, Paul's warning about false teachers. Paul has not addressed false teachers anywhere in the book of Romans up to Romans sixteen seventeen although he mentions them many times in other epistles, particularly in his epistle, first and second epistle to Timothy, to Titus, to Colossians. But here he writes in verse 17, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you have learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly or appetites, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. The identity of the false teachers mentioned here is unknown. In in Galatians we knew from Paul's writing that it was the Judaizers. But here the group is not named. And actually, they may not have yet appeared in Rome, trying to infiltrate the Church of Rome. So this could be more of a general warning, because Paul knew that they were active elsewhere in the churches, and they were a real threat against the church. They have always been and always will be a threat against the church. Jesus spoke frequently against false teachers and false prophets. And in his counsel to the elders of the church of Ephesus, Paul used the label grievous wolves who would not spare the flock. And they would come from within the church, and that's the greater threat, and outside the church. So here's the scripture concerning that warning that Paul gave to the Ephesians. sure if we have that yeah he says for i know this that after my departure shall come grievous wolves entering into um, or among you not separating or it's not separating not not sparing the flock and actually they will separate the flock they choose to divide but the word that paul begins with here when he says i urge that's a very strong word. He says, I implore you, I beg you, I beg you to take note of false teachers. And that's an interesting word. The word note there is, and you'll, you'll, you'll immediately understand the meaning of this word, it's the Greek word "skopeo," And it means to take aim or to mark. To take aim at or to mark. So think of a scope on a rifle that zeroes in on a target. Think of a microscope or a telescope that can bring things that are a distance up near. So Paul is warning the Roman Christians, and he's telling them to put false teachers in their sights. Put your scope on them is what he's saying. Do not be unaware of them. Be vigilant, even if they're way out there in the distance. Examine and scrutinize them carefully, as though their teachings are under a microscope because they are dangerous. You know I'll just say this to you as a as a as a way of caution. Never in any situation underestimate the ability of your opponent. was well aware of the ability of these false teachers and the damage that they can do. So he says, keep them in view. Never, never turn your eyes away from them. They're always a threat. So what do they do? What are the actions of false teachers? Well, first we should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. He says in Matthew 7, 15, beware of what? False prophets false teachers, false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, he says, they are ravenous wolves. You, you will know them, their actions. You will know their who they are. You'll be able to put your finger on them and identify them by their fruits, by their actions. And I got a little picture up here. Now, this little picture here, that is not the family pet, right? That is definitely not the family pet. That's a grievous wolf who would tear you apart in an instant. And that's what this doctrine does. So what are the fruits of those that Paul is is putting his sights on and telling the church to put their sights on? He says, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned. So false teachers are by nature divisive, and he says they they cause division, and that that word could be translated insurrection in the church, and insurrection is a rising up against. It could be a rising up against the, the leadership of the church, but in this instance, I think it has to do with rising up against in the form of bringing false teaching into the church. They rise up against the truth. And false teachers work to cause division in a a church by attracting some people to their teaching, which denies some or all of the fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith. Now, you've probably heard of the, the fundamentals of the faith that were articulated early on in the 20th century when German rationalism and liberalism began to creep into the seminaries and corrupt doctrine. The fundamentals of the faith that were laid down at this time were, number one, the inerrancy of the scriptures. If we do not have an inerrant word of God, what do we have? Right? We're all left to our own opinions. We have an inerrant word of God. So, the early fundamentalists defended the doctrine of the inerrancy of the Scripture. Every word is true. Secondly, the second fundamental of the faith was the deity of Jesus Christ. He was fully God. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. That came under attack. Thirdly, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Fourth, his substitutionary atonement on the cross, what we call a vicarious atonement, which means that he died in place of others. He died because of the sin of others. He bore the penalty of their sins in his flesh on the cross. So we have the inerrancy of scripture, the deity of Christ, the virgin birth, his substitutionary atonement, And the fifth was his physical resurrection from the dead, coupled with his bodily return. Jesus says, as you have seen me go, right, bodily, so shall I return unto you. And I think we can add to that the personality and the divinity of the Holy Spirit. Now, under the broad umbrella Christian, we have many different denominations, and you're familiar with them. Conservative Baptists, conservative Lutherans, conservative Presbyterians, Methodists, evangelical Bible churches like ours, we will differ on some non-essential doctrines. But we all agree on the fundamentals of the faith. Those vital doctrines that I just mentioned to you. There's no disagreement there. The Apostle Paul was a fundamentalist in that regard. And I am a fundamentalist too. I know that has a bad label among some people. But it simply means that we adhere to the fundamentals of the faith. Those doctrines which are non-negotiable. So I want to say this to you. This was a my thought that came to my mind as I was thinking about this, hold the truth firmly and your opinions lightly and have discernment to distinguish between the two. Could we agree on that? What the Bible clearly articulates, we're going to stand for. But we all have some different opinions on things. We're to hold them lightly but never compromise the truth. And we must, we must have the wisdom that comes from God's Word to distinguish between what is our opinion and what the Word of God actually teaches. So they're divisive by nature. They, they work to cause division in a, to, uh, uh, in a church by attracting people to their teaching. And then Paul says, note those who cause divisions and offenses. Offenses. So, false teachers are offensive in this regard. That word offensive is, and you'll recognize this word translated over into English, the Greek word is scandalon. Scandalon. We get the word scandal from it, but in reality it means a stumbling block. So, they introduce stumbling blocks into a church for people to trip over. The ESV translates this, they create obstacles. And the obstacles is their false teaching. It's interesting because the word "scandalon" that Paul uses here was the movable part of a trap on which the bait was laid. And when it was touched, it caused the trap to spring to close in on its prey. And that's what they're doing. They're laying the bait out there of false doctrine. And they're hoping that somebody will bite on it. And once they do, they're going to get trapped into false teaching. Now, the the main obstacles of false teachers are the errant teachings, and there are so many of them, that they put into the mind of others, which Paul says is contrary or opposed to what has been divinely revealed in the scriptures. He says it's contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. You know what that tells us? It tells us that these early Roman believers were well taught they they had learned lots of the truth of scripture and paul is saying now hold on to that don't be misled don't let anybody tell you anything contrary to that listen i could sp- i could spend a lot of time tell talking to you about the cults of the day and the false teachers of the day they're just far too many far too many to to even get a, get a handle on but we know some of the big ones And we do know this, all of the false Christian cults that are out there attack the deity of Jesus Christ. They all do. The Jehovah Witnesses, you're familiar with them? The Watchtower, what do they call Bible and Tract Society? The Jehovah, or the Jesus of the Jehovah Witnesses is a created being. That's what they teach. He's a created being, not the eternal God. He is a created being known originally as Michael the Archangel. He is a God, small G-O-D. He is not Jehovah God revealed in the Scripture. The Jehovah Witnesses say that he did not rise from the dead bodily, that it was a spiritual resurrection. The Jesus of Mormonism is the first spirit child conceived and begotten by Heavenly Father and one of Heavenly Father's many wives, commonly referred to as Heavenly Mother. You'll never find that in your Bible. It's blasphemous. And they say that he is the, the product of this union between Heavenly Father and one of his wives. And just as Heavenly Father, Adam God, before him progressed to Godhead, so Jesus progressed through obedience to the status of a God prior to his incarnation on earth. And he was in actuality the spirit brother of Lucifer. Blasphemy. The modern therapeutic Jesus is a kind, never angry, all-loving Jesus who calls everyone his children, never judges sin, and will never condemn anyone to hell. And he's a Jesus who cannot save because he is not the Jesus of the Scripture. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the true church, is to uphold the true doctrines of Scripture just as pillars uphold the building. We see that in First Timothy 3.15. Paul says, If I am delayed, I write, I write, so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. In the Net Bible, that's the New English translation. It translates it this way. In case I am delayed, To let you know, I want to let you know how people ought to conduct themselves in the household of God because it is the church of the living God, the support and the bulwark. And that word means defense or wall of the truth. The church, the local church, local churches like this that stand for the word of God are the defense of the truth. We're the wall to keep the errors of the false teachers out. So sound teaching erects a wall of defense around the church, literally. The elders and deacons and every member of the church must never let that wall begin to erode. And church membership serves a good vital function in that way because it gives the, the people of the church, and gives the elders the responsibility of when people want to join the church, to examine them. To make sure that they're on the same page doctrinally. That they believe the same things. We need to do that because we need to remember that a little leaven what? Leavens the whole lump. Galatians five nine. Just a little bit of leaven will leaven the whole lump. False teachers, fourthly, set an example, Paul says, of a sensual, selfish lifestyle. Verse 18, for those who are such, Paul saying, for those who are of this kind or of this manner, do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites or own belly. And by smooth words and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts, which means the minds, of the simple. So I think the first thing that we should be aware of here, as Paul describes their their modus operandi, they appear to be followers of Christ, but they are not. They are not. They are not serving the Lord Jesus Christ. They're serving, he says, literally their own belly. And I think that's a metaphor indicating their selfish desires, their greed. When it comes to false teachers, follow the money trail right? Their greed, their lusts, and other such things. Revelation 2.12 says, To the angel of the church in Pergamos write these things, says he, who has the sharp two-edged sword, I know your works, where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. And you hold fast to my name, and you do not deny my faith, even in the days in which Anipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. But then he says in verse 14, there's a big shift here, But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat these things, sacrifice to my idols, and to commit sexual immorality, following their own lusts. And the church there in Pergamos tolerated that, in spite of the good things that they had done and held to jude 17 which is really a treaty against false teachers but you beloved remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our lord jesus christ how they told you that there would be mockers in the last times that's to be the last days the last days began with the beginning of the church age who would walk according to their what their ungodly lusts, their, their appetites, their selfish appetites. These are sensual persons who what? Cause divisions. Same thing Paul was saying. Who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. In reality, they have another Spirit. You know, Galatians chapter 5, verse 20, which speaks about the fruits of the Spirit. It says, the works of the flesh are evident right? Which are what? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Those are the works of the flesh. Selfish selfish ambitions really is the same thing that Paul was talking They cause strife to gain followers. Dissensions, that's the word that we used here or saw in Romans 16, 17. And then heresies. Heresies really are self-willed opinions that cause factions in a church. That's what a heretic is. A person who elevates their opinions to the level of truth and causes factions or divisions within a church. And in this instance, in Romans 6.17, it's about false doctrine, false teaching. But well, look, look what more he says about them. They deceive the naive by smooth words and flattery speech. By smooth words and flattering speech, they deceive the hearts of the simple. Well, what are smooth words? Smooth words are are words that don't appear to be offensive at all. They're very pleasing to the ear. They may say them with the right tone of voice.
1: They're slick talkers. They're smooth
0: talkers is what Paul is saying. Flattery. Flattering words. This is an interesting word. It's the word word. Eulogia, from which we get the English word eulogy. Now, what, what happens at a eulogy at a funeral, right? Somebody up there stands stands up there and they, and they just say all these wonderful things about this person and you're sitting there thinking, I don't know if he was really like that, you know?
1: <laughs> but that's what they do. They They're flatterers. They know how to appeal to people. Second Timothy four two, which is which is written on this pulpit right here. Second Timothy four
0: two. Preach the word. And if you ever get somebody here who doesn't do this, take the label off the pulpit. Preach the
1: word. Be ready in season and out of season.
0: Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They'll want doctrine light. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up or gather up for themselves teachers. Teachers they want to hear, who will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Itching ears is a figure of speech that refers to people's desires, felt needs, or wants. Listen, you don't give a person what they want. You give a person what they need. Paul telling Timothy there, they will tell their audience what they believe they want to hear. A cater to their desires that's how you gain a following satan is a great advertiser isn't he not he is a great showman he is a great salesman he is a great manipulator and he is the greatest deceiver of all he was a liar from the beginning and the father of lies and the truth is not in him So what's the Christian's response here? Paul says, Romans 16, 17. Mark them out, scope them, put your scope on them. Those who cause divisions and stumbling blocks is contrary to the doctrine which you have allured and avoid them, avoid them. I think what Paul is saying here, and he fleshes this out in other portions of scripture, is keep away from them and keep them away from the church. 2 Thessalonians 3:14 Paul says if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle note same word that person and do not keep company with them so that they may be ashamed yet do not count him as an enemy enemy but admonish him as a as a brother so you deal with the christian in disobedience as as a sinning brother or sister in Christ. That's what Paul is saying there. But you deal with false teachers by exposing them, refuting them, warning about them, and counting them as diabolical deceivers. Because that's what they are. So the church of the Lord Jesus Christ must always have a zero-tolerance policy when it comes to false teaching. You can never let the nose of the camel into the tent. Because before you know it, the camel will be in the tent. And that's what's happening out there in many churches. Polycarp. I don't know if you ever heard of Polycarp. He was a church leader in the first century. He once had a a, a chance encounter with a notable heretic named Marcion, face-to-face. Marcion and his followers denied the deity of Jesus Christ. They denied that Jesus had a human body. They they taught a form of docetism, which, which... which said that he only appeared to have a body. Well, then what? What do you do? You destroy the the bodily uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ and the sufferings in his body for for our sins. They believed the Old Testament God was harsh and mean and cruel and angry, and he, he was totally distinct from the the God revealed in the New Testament. So they rejected the Old Testament in its entirety. The Marcionites. But this man, Marcion, he gained a lot of influence in the early church. And you know how he did it? He was very wealthy. And he gave money to the church to gain influence.
1: Well, Marcion met
0: Polycarp. And Marcion said to Polycarp, acknowledge us. To which Polycarp replied, I acknowledge the firstborn son of Satan.
1: I mean, they took a stand for the truth
0: because they knew what was at stake. Paul then commends the church of Rome in verse 19. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. This was a good church. This was a church that had a testimony of obeying the truth doctrinally. We call that orthodoxy, right? Orthodoxy. But also morally, orthopraxis is what the term that theologians use is right doctrine and right practice. So, what good is it if you know the word of God but you don't live by it, right? Now granted it's difficult to it's difficult to put the the teachings of scripture into practice in our life but that's what we are demanded to do the exact same thing exact thing so Paul knew they had a good testimony but I'll tell you what Satan knew they had a good testimony as well
1: Satan isn't
0: concerned with Christians who have a poor testimony He isn't concerned with churches that are already liberal, denying the essential doctrines of the faith. He doesn't have to bother with them. He can leave them to their own desires, but he will always go after those who desire to live for God and for the truth. Those are the people with the target on their backs. That is the church with the target on its back. Satan
1: Desire, Jesus said, to sift who? Peter. To sift them like
0: wheat. It's interesting, Paul says, that their joy brought him joy. Their obedience brought him joy. And I believe that they personally experienced the joy of obedience in their own life. And it always works that way. Even though obeying, as I said, is not always easy. Psalm 119, verse 1 says, Blessed, the word is esher, E-S-H-E-R are the undefiled in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. So if you want to be blessed,
1: walk in the light of the word of God.
0: It's interesting that that word in Psalm 119, 1, blessed, esher, the origin of the word is from the verb ashar in the Hebrew. And the basic meaning of that word is is to go straight, to advance straight. And what that verse is saying is if you do that, if you walk the straight path, you will be blessed. And usually that word blessed in the Bible is translated in the context of worship as giving praise to God, but it literally means happy. You, you will be happy. You will have a much better life because you're not following the waves of sinners who incur many troubles, who bring all kind of unhappiness. Into their life and into their family, so that's why Psalm one, verse one says, "Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Happy is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his in delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He will be like a tree what planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season. His leaf will not wither." and whatsoever he does will prosper. Proverbs 3.18, She, speaking of wisdom, is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy,
1: blessed, are all who retain her.
0: Paul says, be wise about what is good. That's agathos, beneficial. And be simple. The word here, simple, Akereos means unmixed and i think a good translation of this is is unskilled about what is evil paul said the same thing in 1st corinthians 14:20 in different words brethren do not be children in understanding be wise right be mature in your understanding however in malice that's evil be babes be babes but in understanding be mature vine says this word was used of wine unmingled with water of unalloyed metal. Hence it means without admixture of evil. Here then it would mean that his desire for them was that they might be untainted by the influences of evil teachers and the divisions and the stumbling blocks that they cause untainted, unskilled, unskilled. Listen, I'll say this Especially to you young people, all right? You do not have to learn lessons the hard way
1: by trying out sinful things. You do not have to go that way. All that glitters is not gold, and all that sparkles is
0: not good either. Proverbs twenty three thirty one. Look thou not upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its colour in the cup, when it moves itself aright. At last it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Listen, I've talked to more than one alcoholic in my life. I've had more than one alcoholic in in my in my study. Wanting to break free from this
1: addiction, which has ruined their life.
0: And I can tell you this, every single one of them told me they wish they had never taken their first drink.
1: Every single one of them. You never know how it's going to end, right? With anything.
0: That's what's so dangerous about the legalization of marijuana. What happens when marijuana no longer
1: provides the high that you want?
0: You go on to something stronger than that. And R.G. Lee was right when he said sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay.
1: Why go there? Why go there? Things may look good, but taste terrible, right? How many things are like that? They look good, but they taste terrible. The forbidden fruit in the garden was what? Pleasant to the eyes.
0: Satan knows how to package things. And he knows how to sell them to unweary buyers. And his marketing is all over this
1: world. Turn on your television.
0: Right? This buds for you. You only go around once in life. You know all of the slogans for all of the things.
1: Well. We do
0: know this, Paul says, God will ultimately give the devil his due. Verse 20, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. In due time. And this is actually the first mention of Satan in this epistle to the Romans. Satan is the great adversary of the Christian who enters into a spiritual battleground the moment he or she is saved. We have an adversary, a roaring lion, going about seeking whom he can devour. But thankfully, the peace of God can
1: rule in our heart. The God of peace will crush Satan under
0: your feet shortly. And the peace of God, even on this battlefield, can rule in our hearts because we serve a God who gives peace to those whose mind is what? isaiah twenty six three great peace have they right the Bible says who who are saturated in the word, but isaiah twenty six three says that we have great peace if our mind is fixed upon the Lord fixed upon God, even in these troubling times in which we live, and then Paul in verses twenty one through twenty three gives his greetings to to some some of his friends. To the church of Rome, Timothy, my fellow worker, Lucius, Jason, Sasapater, my countrymen, greet you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greet you in the Lord. Tertius was an amanuensis. The, the original meaning of that word, is, or the original word comes from the Latin, which means service. A slave with secretarial duties, so he wrote for Paul. He was his amanuensis, his scribe, his personal scribe. And then he gives this benediction in verse 25 through 27. Begins with a prayer for stability. Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, shall keep kept secret since the world began. Christians, Christians, if you're going to have a strong faith, a firm faith that's immovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, it must be grounded upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. If you see a person, people with well known Bibles, it's very often, very often indicative of the fact that their lives aren't falling apart. If their Bibles are falling apart, their lives probably are not falling apart because this book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. Ground your life on the Word of God and the Gospel of Christ. So He talks about the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began, but now made manifest by the prophetic scriptures to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith to God alone. Wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in all its glory was veiled in the Old Testament. It was hidden. It was hidden. Until it was fully revealed to the Apostle Paul in the dispensation of the church age. The gospel that would include both Jews and Gentiles as part of one body. That's what was hidden. But he says it was, was now made manifest. It was revealed through the Holy Scriptures and the understanding of the Holy Scriptures. We have the fullness of the, the, the Word of God. They did not have that at the time even of this writing. But with the beginning of the church age, which began at, at Pentecost, the curtain was was lifted. The veil was opened up, taken away. And now we know that God intended to save both Jews and Gentiles by one way and one way only, right? Through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why Paul was such a defender and stalwart for the gospel. And That's why he can say, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe is
1: me. The gospel demands
0: obedience for obedience to the faith. That word is is a compound word, obedience, composed of upo, which means under, and akuo, to hear. It means to hear under. It means to hear and comply as a subordinate to an authority. Who's the authority? It's not the pastor. It's not the elders. Who's the authority? It's God. So we come under the hearing of God's word and we obey. We submit as inferiors to the superior, as subordinates to the master, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it demands obedience. And that begins with believing the gospel and endeavoring to live a life consistent with it. He calls it the obedience of faith. The first act of obedience is believing the gospel, submitting to to the Lord Jesus
1: Christ, your life to him.
0: And then living a life consistent with the salvation that you have professed. And that means putting your faith on display working out your own salvation Paul told the Philippians that's not working for your salvation it's working out your salvation it's putting it on display he says because it is God who is working in you
1: and then he gives this great
0: praise to God to God alone wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. You know, as I conclude the study in Romans, my admonition to this church and and to this leadership here in this church and to future leadership is to stay the course. Don't be moved. Don't be moved away from the truth that you have heard and received and learned. The greatest threat to a church is dissension.
1: That's the greatest threat to a church. And the worst dissension can arise over doctrine. People say doctrine divides. Yes, it does. It divides truth from error. That is why we have a statement of faith. Adhere to it.
0: Don't compromise with what you now believe. Satan is not only a roaring lion seeking to devour churches, he is an angel of light. And his servants are angels of light. His ministers are angels of light whose goal is always to lead people astray, to keep them in in
1: bondage.
0: He's not a builder up of the church, or of holy things. He is a destroyer of the church
1: and holy things. And you need to be aware that false teachers are everywhere. Everywhere. They're on television. CBN and CBN. They're on the internet. they run parachurch ministries. They're on college campuses. That's their breeding grounds. They're in seminaries they're in They're in church small groups. They're in Sunday school classes, and they're in the pulpit. False teachers are everywhere. And men who many call pastor and shepherd are in reality false shepherds. So be on guard. Note them,
0: Paul says. Give them no place whatsoever. Look, we're in tough times. In many ways, tougher than it's ever been, but not different. Evil's always been around and evil will always be with us, right? But it's going to accelerate. So you could expect that false teaching is going to accelerate as well, right? So you you really have to know the word of God. You have to know it backward and forward. That's the way that you're going to defend yourself, your family and your church in the days that are coming. I I can't tell you how many things are happening today. You can't keep track of them anymore. It's impossible. But men that I knew who once stood for the truth no longer stand for the truth. They compromised somewhere along the way. They they let the nose of the camel into the door of the tent, and now, now it's gone. Their church is gone. Same as things
1: happening in seminaries. So
0: I don't know where we go from here, right? I said, you know, Lord, give me grace to complete the book of Romans. I've completed the book of Romans. So now I just say, Lord, what what do you want me to do next? So I hope you're praying for me.
1: And we'll see what God has, right? All right, pray for one another too.